Hi, this is Ellie Fishman, and here is the September 2010 CTSS quiz. Ten absolutely terrific cases, and hopefully you got them all right. If not, hopefully you learned something from them. This is an interesting case, and I said the patient has right upper quadrant pain. When you look very carefully at the images, what is going on in the duodenum? It looks like there's a mass in the duodenum, but then when you look at the coronal view, you notice it's kind of central in the mass. There's, it's hard to see here, but the patient did have a little bit of pneumobilia. And when you look at the questions, what is this? Well, it looks like a big gallstone. And in fact, this is a big gallstone. This is a case of gallstone ileus. Remember, you get the, the stone erodes from the duct into the duodenum, classic fistula. The amount of pneumobilia you get will indeed vary, but just a very nice example. I guess if you don't see pneumobilia, you could say maybe the patient swallowed some foreign body and it's a big pit or it's a bag of something, maybe drugs or something, but just a very nice case. This is actually a good case because often um, people ask the questions about, well, what's normal aorta, 3.5, 3.7, 3.9? Well, it's really 4 centimeters. That's the maximum top normal size of the ascending aorta if you measure it correctly. And the case I showed you is just a nice example of an intramural hematoma you know, involving the arch through the ascending aorta. But 4 centimeters is the magic number. This is a great case, and what's nice about this case is what you're looking at is markedly dilated sinus of Alsalva. There are only a few things that give you a dilated sinus of Alsalva. The classical one we talk about is Marfan syndrome. That's its presentation, dilated sinus of Alsalva, which then may dissect, may track upward into the ascending aorta, but just a beautiful example. Mycotic aneurysms often have calcification. They're eccentric. Syphilic is rare, but it often is uh, the same principle, often has um, calcifications. And of course, post-trauma, you're not getting something in the aortic root. In post-trauma, you're typically getting something that uh, occurs in the um, by the ligamentum uh, so it's more in the arch but just a very very nice example this is a case of a patient who had endovascular repair of a uh, ulceration and dissection in the thoracic aorta and I asked you what the key findings are and the key findings of course under the circle are an endo leak and Particularly cases like this with small endo leaks, as long as the native aorta is not expanding, the surgeon will typically watch it. Type 1 leaks you have to worry about, but these uh, small endo leaks typically are just followed conservatively, and they're very common. The key thing is if they start, the, uh, start getting larger or more extensive, then you have to uh, do something about it, potentially embolization. This is a great case. Um, what you're seeing in this case, if you look at it, you're seeing a runoff study, extensive vascular disease, and then you see occlusion of the patient's uh, um, right superficial femoral artery. And you notice on the image on your left, there's extensive calcification in the superficial femoral artery. On the right, the calcification tends to be gone. And what do we do here? Well, this is a classic case of uh, dual energy imaging. And with dual energy, you're able to look at the difference between how calcium and uh, vascular contrast behaves. And just a very, very nice example. Um, one of the nice things with dual energy, you don't have to spend time doing bone removal. And the potential for calcium removal of vessels is something that's of great interest. How accurate is it? I'm not sure, but something very important to be looking at. We do dual energy at 140 and 100 kVp. 
Um, this is not iris. Iris refers to post-processing techniques, image reconstruction in space, uh, to make the images of better quality. Uh, hopefully we're using dose reduction on all our studies, and this is not an example of automated bone editing. This is a great case, and this was done with CTR endocolysis, which means we use volumen, we use two bottles, that's 450 cc's each over 10 minutes each, and then 10, uh, 10 more minutes we give water, 450 cc's, and then we scan the patient. This is a beautiful example of thickening of the terminal ileum. You see how it's hyper-enhancing? It's a terminal ileum thickened. It's a classic example of Crohn's disease. TB involves a cecum, ischemic bowel has a different appearance, lymphoma is more mass-like. So very nice example of Crohn's disease. Very nice example. This is a great case. It's a very bread and butter CT scan. 60-ish year old patient, fever. What is the problem? Nice pelvic abscess, air fluid level, diverticular disease, diverticulitis with a pelvic abscess. Nothing very tricky, but I thought I would give you a nice straightforward case. What about this case? This is an interesting example. You see soft tissue mass surrounding the patient's left renal artery, the aorta, is causing a little bit of obstruction and delayed function of the left kidney. Now, if you look at this, it's possible it could be lymphoma. I can't argue that it's not lymphoma, but I said to you there's no history of malignancy. Well, of course, well, maybe it's the first sign of malignancy. It's lymphoma. TB, you can get nodes, but they're usually calcified. Sclerosing mesenteritis in the mesentery. This is a retroperitoneal process. This is retroperitoneal fibrosis. Again, can very much simulate malignancy, can be very extensive. Just a nice example. This is a great case. You see vascular lesions within the pancreatic head, best seen on the MIP imaging. And yes, this could easily be a neuroendocrine tumor. When you look carefully, you're missing the right kidney, and you can tell it's really missing because it's not just sitting lower. The liver has fallen into uh, the region where the right kidney should be. Bowel is falling a little bit backwards. And this is a classic example of metastatic disease from a primary renal cell carcinoma. Just a very, very nice example of metastatic renal cell carcinoma. Pancreas, it usually happens 10 to 15 years after the the nephrectomy, though recently I had a case, the first one I've had where the patient had pancreatic metastasis at time of presentation. This is a great case. What you're talking about is 55-year-old female. There's a big cystic lesion. There's no dilated common duct. There's no dilated pancreatic duct. There's multiple septations. There's star-like appearance. You see that. What are you thinking about? A cystic pancreatic mass. In a middle-aged female, you got to be thinking serous cyst adenoma. Islet cell tumors are almost always vascular. They can be very large, though usually not, they're not this large, but they're always vascular. Pseudocyst doesn't have these septations. You'd also see typically inflammatory changes. IPMNs, we talk about smaller lesions with duct dilatation. There's no duct dilatation here. This is a great example of cirrhosis adenoma. Well, those are 10 terrific cases. Hopefully you enjoyed them, and I'll see you next month.